Hello, and welcome to Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. I'm your host, Inman Narrowin, and I use they-them pronouns. Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness is a collectively run publisher dedicated, dedicated to producing and curating inclusive and intersectional culture informed by anarchistic ideals. We publish fiction, poetry, memoir, nonfiction, theater pieces, comics, books, pop culture analysis, recipe books, music, history, and other podcasts. We are looking for stories that don't know where they fit in, for people that don't know where they fit in. On this podcast, we have audio versions of our monthly featured zine, read by a brilliant voice actor, along with interviews with the author. We also make these really cool little quarter-sized zines in quarter-sized zines of the monthly feature, which you can get mailed to you anywhere in the world if you sign up for our Zine of the Month Club on our Patreon. Our Patreon helps make things like this podcast possible, as well as supporting other podcasts we put out. Are you into prepping or just trying to figure out how to survive a collapsing society? Check out Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times, hosted by our own Margaret Kiljoy. Are you yourself a writer of zines? We're always taking submissions for our monthly feature and this podcast, so if you would like to submit a piece that you think would find a nice home with us, visit tangledwilderness.org for our submission guidelines. This month we have something a little bit different, again. Our feature this month is a comic by one of our collective members, Io Ascarium, called Make Total Destroy. Due to its nature, we have no audio feature this month. Instead, we have a longer interview with Io about the comic, the story behind the comic, and the world of comics in general. If you want to peek at it right now, it's fairly short and you can find it on our website. Pause right now and go check it out before Io and I talk about it. There is an accompanying write-up from a friend of Io's on a brief and incomplete history of Greek anarchism, which gives the comic a little bit more context. And again, if you want to receive the monthly featured zine, please check out our Patreon. It's a really cool club to be part of, and I just love seeing the stack of zines on my bookshelf, especially since Cassandra, our layout person, does such an incredible job putting them together. Hi, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, would you like to introduce yourself for us? Um, maybe with your name and pronouns and just, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm Io. Uh, they, them pronouns. I <clears throat> uh, am a printmaker. I make comics. Um uh god's favorite mistake uh what else is on my cv um probably just those three that's a pretty good title god's greatest mistake yeah I yeah like it. he's now he's got to deal with me he's too cowardly <laughs> to kill me so now it's everyone's problem 
<laughs> you know, I I like that. Um, <laughs> Every day I go outside and fire my guns in the air trying to kill God for making me. <laughs> but, but he knows it's not, all in good fun. <laughs> you have not been smited yet? Smited no. No, he's... Fu- <laughs> That li- that lily livered yellow belly is too is too cowardly to come down here and face me. <laughs> what's the um, what's the audio just short out? <laughs> uh, we are both uh, uh, smited in in our places. Um, this is this is a tangent that I'm going to go on already, but um, let's do, uh, let's, do, let's get into it. Let's talk about God. I've been waiting. <laughs> Welcome to Bibli Talk with Inman and Io. Um, it's more it's more of a language thing as relates to God. Um, so it, the the like whatever present tense is um, to smite someone, you know, like the future tense, like um, like so and so will will be smote. But like, what's the past tense of smite? You know. Like, is it is it smitten? Because that has such a funny, different connotation. Or or the same connotation when you think about it. About what hand, being smitten with someone is. Hand hand in glove, you yeah, you to be in to be in love is to accept your own destruction, if we're to believe some French philosophers. Hmm. hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, thanks for going on my weird uh, thinking about language uh, ADHD Sm- tangent. Smoten? Smoten? It's, pro- it's probably Smoten. Smoten. Um, or that we just like to think that God is quite smitten with someone. When God is smitten with someone. Ooh, that person better watch out. They better watch out. Um, okay. Um, so we have today a, um, a comic, uh, that you drew. Um, yeah. And you, do do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your history with the comic world? Yeah. Um, I've been, uh, I've been in the comic world for a really long time though. Um, just, the comics that I've made were just things that I made like 10 copies of and gave out to friends sort of as a, as a like little, little train hopper baby. Um, I always felt a sort of uh, disconnect with, with, um, with a lot of people in my, in my life who I, who I did feel like very close to, but wanted to kind of keep them updated while I was uh, in the like, interim between when I saw them. So I would make these little comics that have been, that are all awful and have been lost to the sands of time, luckily. Um, And that's how I kind of got started with it. And I was working with a, uh, with a publisher for a while that, um, that I got into a maybe not so great deal where I got uh, got mostly paid in uh, in free travel to go to a bunch of comic conventions, which at the time was a blast. It was so fun and is still fun. Yeah, I still have a I still have a really good time at them. Um, 
and made a lot of made a lot of buds there, made a lot of friends who are really competent at making comics at um at crafting narratives and things and hopefully picked up a few lessons from them um in my time still learning how to how to draw as anyone um but um I guess I really like comics because they're one of the most egalitarian art forms. You don't really need any supplies at, at all. And it you can express any anything you want and you don't necessarily need a need to go to college or really learn anything to start doing them in a way that a lot of other art like we say art is for everyone but there's a there's a learning curve to to a lot of them in a, in a way that comics is i think more passion based than skill based in ways that a lot of other art maybe isn't yeah yeah that's that that seems true um, i always get like um because like i i i like comics and like i'm not super involved in that in that world um and when I've thought about like wanting to make comics, I always like get hung up on the fact that I like can't draw at all. Mm. Um, and it's a huge hump so, to get over. Yeah. 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 And you, I know that you, you draw some comics and you write others that you don't draw. Is that true? Yeah. I mostly started um, the like comics that, that got popular were comics that like my more talented friends would, would work with me and, and draw while I would sort of write them. I made a comic, no gods, no dungeon masters. Um, however many years ago that, um, that I was sort of just about like the intersection of like, growing up in nerd subcultures but also anarchist subcultures that um i wanted to uh, get out there and my friend rachel dukes who's who knows what they're doing um drew for me in you know because i didn't feel confident in my ability to draw them and i still wouldn't feel confident in my ability to like sit down with my with my fucked apart by ADHD brain to be able to like get something that that good out but I've come to I think a different understanding about about art you know now that I've at least learned uh what what side of what side of the hand the thumb goes on when you're drawing a, a hand um I'm like okay I can I can do this and who like who who gives a shit it's become more therapeutic than something i i feel the need to feel feel competent at i suppose yeah yeah is that is that like weird in that world sometimes because i feel like the i feel like the popularity of of comics is like very much that it's this like like kind of intense like art form like now yeah uh a little bit i think i think it's all it's all me though it's not like i think a lot of my a lot of the people whose opinions i care about 
have encouraged me, which has kept me doing it. I would have given up if it wasn't for them. Um, Mm -hmm. But like my friends, um, like my friend uh, Liz Suburbia or, or like Casey Novak are like incredible artists who I, who I am just flabbergasted with not only like their artistic ability, but their ability to communicate all, all a, a whole range of emotion. Um, ever a, a, anyone listening, if you're into comics, go go by Girl Town. I think it's maybe one of the, one of my favorite comics in the world, and has made me cry multiple times. But cool. with it, yeah, I think that having people like that in the world, uh, in the comics world. Um, to to only name two made me very nervous to to go into it, but I think that if you're not really trying to like make a living because it is a competitive market, I won't say that you can get by on passion alone or or just like a a a, a can do attitude. But if you're just excited to like do something, people are going to notice that, and people are going to be stoked about it um you're going to like find people and if your intention is to sort of just like make friends and communicate something you'll you'll be golden it's not a money-making medium at all though (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like that's i mean you know i hear that and then it's like i hear hear about people making like wild amounts of money in comics or like wild amounts of money to me but i guess it's like when you're when you're it you're it or something yeah it's it's i mean a lot a lot of creative industries are total calvin ball right now because a lot of people <laughs> are getting are just getting lucky that some some fucker in in a boardroom is just like you know i read this comic why don't we give them a million dollars so we can make a tv show about it or <laughs> or whatever and i think a lot of people are are writing with with that intent either like subconsciously or at the surface um so it's a it's a strange time but like if you go to if you're not going to like comic conventions like San Diego Comic-Con or the like Star Wars uh Marvel laden shit or like if you're going to places like SPX or uh or Mice you'll find some like <laughs> some people who like really give a fuck about this craft and are doing some like really fun interesting shit cool cool yeah yeah it's always been it's always been to me like a really like fun world that i wish that i knew more about beyond like your comics or like um like the like the handful of other kind of like uh dare i say like lower key or diy like comic artists out there Comics with comics with an X instead of a CS. Um, yeah, no, I I like think thinking about like DIY, like comics with an X world is like really fun. And um, you, you are this, this this is Inman literally not knowing the answer to this um, as <laughs> in the interview. Um, uh, what's up with uh, a- ABO comics? 
um, the acronym, the word that I can never remember if it's A B A B O A B Q A B X. It's a it's a it's A B O. Um, yeah, it's uh, A B O is a comics collective that publishes the comics by queer uh, prisoners because uh, me and two other prison abolitionists were bored and wanted to try and use this excess energy to try and help out uh, queer people in prison. Uh, um, uh, my, my collective mate Casper was really involved with Black and Pink, which does amazing work um, for queer and trans and HIV positive people in prison. And I was deep in the comics community um, and was really on the tip of how comics is a medium for everyone um, and a great way for artistic expression. And like one, we, we just wanted to, we wanted to not just like have little bake sales and fundraisers to, to get money to people. And I still do that nothing against that. But I think that we were really excited about the prospect of being able to facilitate getting getting work by people in behind bars out into the world like one of the most intentionally crushing things about prison is how separate you are from the outside world and how alienated you are from that whether you're going to re-enter it someday or whether they intend to just keep you in a cage forever obviously that's bullshit we wanted to give people an audience again and so uh through a lot of like hard work and not and um maybe a little bit of shoplifting we were able to get our we were able to get the like the first one going got 20 some odd um people across the united states to submit comics um either about life inside uh autobiographical or just whatever they wanted to talk about um and then it took off in ways that we didn't really expect i i certainly expected this to like all of us have good intentions and our projects sort of you know peter out in these ways but this one fucking just took off and now we're we're many many anthologies deep um and it's still going really strong and uh I I wish I brought the number with me, but we've had so many people contribute. We've raised so much money to send back into people's commissary funds for them to buy artist supplies and just buy fucking top ramen, be able to call their families if they're out of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. It's, um, and really like, I think the way that it has been supported sort of uh, rounded out my my belief that this is like a medium that the people the the people who actually care about comics care about the fact that anyone can do it and that it can express a bunch of different stories that doesn't need to come from somebody in art school or somebody with the money to print a print a glossy a glossy booklet. Um, yeah, but yeah, ABO rules. Hell yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's, um, I absolutely believe that like comics is like a, a thing, you know, that anyone can do like low barrier for, for like making a comic. Um, do you want to like, how, how does one start making a comic? I'm, Just... I'm asking sort of out of like, cause like I, like I literally can't think of how to start a comic. Just do it. Just like, I, I, I would love to bloviate more on like what needs to happen, but I'm not, I'm not really a comics authority. And like, all I've done is just sort of like, like the last comic I'd made was just sort of about how, how I feel about uh, fathering a meme, which like, like if if anybody has ever said be gay do crime you should go give money to ABO comics cuz that came from making making an image to try and fundraise for for that like that's my last comic was just me drawing badly and smoking weed all day trying to like stay focused on drawing a little comic about the pandemic and a meme and little jokes here and there because I wanted something to give to my friends for S- SPX and it felt good. And it's making me, it like, doesn't really make me any money. I was just like excited to do it for three weeks. Hell yeah. Um, um, stop, stop caring if you're, if your art is good or not, cause good and bad is not a real thing, but even if it is, you're never going to get good if you aren't going to, if you aren't willing to embrace being bad. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Since uh, maybe, maybe this is a good place for um, listeners. Uh, since we didn't have an audio feature uh, this month, um, because the, the feature is a comic, I believe it should be up by now. Um, if you want to, if you are curious, like what we're about to talk about, um, go to tangledwilderness.org and um, you can see uh, the comic that we're about to talk about. And um, I was wondering if you could kind of like walk us through the comic or like tell, tell us kind of like the story behind the story of, of the comic. And maybe that will kind of like carry, carry people. Uh, Yeah. Um, So this is a comic that, um, I I made originally as as because cause I had some free time and I thought it was really interesting. I'm really interested in the etymology of phrases um, where like popular slogans have come from. And specifically because I'm like a, a weird freak anarchist. I like the weird freak anarchist slogans that seem that seem to like mean nothing but yet are, you know, shouted from the rooftops. And one that is particularly popular, especially with like American sort of insurrectos is make total destroy, which I think is so fun. And it is it like, after I heard the story it, <laughs> or, or sort of like grokked what, what it was representing this, this like belligerent, dedication to just like yeah why should we need to fucking explain ourselves like this world is an enemy like let's let's fucking go i think that is like pure pure passion no need to no need to dress yourself up for what the news might say um 
like you know the stakes like that ruled to me um but i didn't know the story for a very long time and uh truth be told this is just what's been told to me this might not be where it came from but it was told to me by multiple sources i choose to believe that's that it's how it happened and the comic is about how i heard it at so there were meetings before the ga this was a long time ago people were less invested in people were invested with security culture but not so much um cybersecurity listening devices stuff like that there were used to be bigger meetings which i think you know this is a different topic but i think this is a, a huge a uh, a huge hindrance to us that we're that we are so concerned with that we put security culture before welcoming these these large meetings together but but anyway before the ga a in, an international contingent of anti-authoritarians met up to discuss what they were going to do the g8 is a huge meeting of world leaders and uh captains of industry etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh especially in seattle uh famously people have fucking destroyed cities over it because we don't want we don't want those fuckers there um and uh we'll we'll do what we can to to make them know and do whatever else um so people were talking about it trying to coordinate at this meeting before it all all went down. Um, and in the comic, I sort of am going over like all the meetings I've been to in the past where people sort of speaking code words, people are posturing, people are kind of um, making a big show about what they what they think they're going to get done or what they believe everyone else should try and let abandon their plans to do with them or what is the real path towards whatever the goal is. Um, yeah. Like a good embrace a diversity of tactics while slowly trying to manipulate everyone into your own goals. Yes, precisely. And there's a lot of, um, you know, I just, the first few panels are people talking about like, <laughs> we're, uh, well, um, I think we're going to maybe take the march a little bit close to a uh, Bank of America. Wink, wink. You get it. Ha <laughs> um, And somebody else talking about how they believe in a diversity of tactics, but they're going to do a nonviolent roadblock. They have, um, and they would appreciate it if, other contingents kept kept the spicier things away from them. They have, you know, people who aren't down with that in their thing. And then like wing nuts who are like, all right, I think if we all get together, if we all join hands, the cops will of course join us because they are working class themselves and they will see us if we engage with them dialectically, we can join hands, form a Gordian knot around this uh, around the building, we can lift it from the ground. Everyone will see the power of solidarity and com and and world communism, and we can crush this thing in one fell swoop. Who's with me? Um, and 
that rules. I love it when people are people are like, if we get enough people, we can lift the Pentagon. If we get enough, if we get enough people hexing, if we get enough people communing with the moon, if we get enough people like blowing kisses at the North Star, then Trump will have a heart attack or whatever. Like, I think that is, I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's like, <laughs> why not? Like, I'm here for it. Like, yeah, totally. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love it if you proved it, but sure. <laughs> um, and um, for, uh, just, just to clarify, I am saying this dryly and without sarcasm. Um, <laughs> um, uh, okay. Yeah. Wait. So, okay. So people are at this meeting. They're talking about their their different plans. Um, some people's plan is to crush the building with the might of their bodies, which is awesome. I'm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, if you could, if you can do it, God, we, what we need is wizards. What we need is wizards yeah. on our side. That's why we've been, that's why we're at where we're at. Um, exactly. Isn't that but, the whole kind of premise of, no gods, no dungeon master. Uh, I I like to think so. Um, I like to I like to think that we we need a we need a great deal we need a great deal of nihilism and we need a, a even greater deal of hope to purely tap into the chaos magic we're going to need to usher in a a golden age. But I digress. Um, yeah, so people well, are at this meeting. Speaking, yeah, speaking of wizards, um, everyone's fucking going on. Everyone's, you know, these, these, like, I'm sure, I'm sure both of us and, um, and many people listening have been to these meetings and people love to hear themselves talk. People love to talk about what might happen rather than strategize and like, whatever. I'm not here to shit on that, but, yeah. um, I have I only have so much of an attention span, you know, meetings, <laughs> meetings that last four hours are hard for me. Then the Greek anarchist contingent takes the stage to discuss their plan. For anybody who doesn't know, um, Greece has Greece has a Western Western anarchists sometimes fetishize uh, Greek anarchists for their militancy. And their militancy is very great and, uh, and uh, something to aspire to, um, you know, which is something that I didn't necessarily want to, like, feed into with this comic. But here we are, um, because the, because the story, if it's true, just just proves it. The Greek anarchist contingent takes takes the mic. They're from Exarchia, a famously anarchist neighborhood in the heart of Athens, where police have feared to tread for years and years and years where they're fucking into fucking blowing up courts, like shooting Nazis in the head off of the, off of the back of motorcycles and like dropping anvils on cops, wily coyote shit. Um, like, uh, I have a little digression in the comic where I espouse the, the merits of insurrectionary anarchism because nothing will reignite the magic that modern life saps more than going completely looney tunes on the cops. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is my, my, my hope for American anarchism. Uh, but they come up to the mic. They are about to present their plan in this way that people have talked for 20 minutes on before them. And this person gets up to the mic and just says, yes, our plan is to make total destroy. <laughs> and that doesn't make sense. That's not, that's not how English is put together, right? So they see the, the faces in the crowd of just like, hmm, uh, this, uh, what, what is, what is this person? Oh, clearly English is their first language. Clearly they must, they must have some more justification. They must have some more plan than that. So they go and confer with their Greek comrades and, and talk for a minute. And then they come back up to the mic and they say, yes, our plan is to make total destroy. And that's where I hear the phrase make total destroy comes from. And I love it. <laughs> I I have also heard heard a similar story. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, same same basic setup or rather that like the it's it's like it's like the way that phrases are popularized sometimes um, are because like people latch on to like the way is the way something is said, you know, and, mm. you know, like make total yeah. destroy sounds kind of like it's, it sounds silly because like, that's not usually how, um, that that's, that's not how a lot of people are used to hearing like, uh, English, like, like syntax and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, not, not to at all, like, you know, make fun of, um, people for whom English is not a, like first language but it it is a kind of cartoonish like uh birthing of that phrase yeah and you know as as i think spider jerusalem said uh english is an ugly lurching fool of a language and i think that people for whom english is not their first language can make such poetry with it sometimes which i think is exactly what happened here um yeah yeah like i love when it's like funny to say this is like the voice of a like publisher you know but i love when people just decide fuck language oh yeah yeah i can't wait i i can't wait till we get back to fucking grunts and squeals there was more there was more honesty then okay okay (laughs) all right we're we're having fun here (laughs) um okay cool well uh thanks for kind of like uh like walking us through the comic and the the kind of like story behind the comic um yeah yeah or i guess like my my question about it though is like um like why like why make a comic about this like what was what was kind of like the the reason um or is it as simple as you love a good etymology because i love a good etymology as well um boredom i think that and i love a good etymology i you know i've i've become intimately familiar with like the way that phrases escape their orbit and become something unto themselves. And I, 
And I think that's, I think it's really interesting. And I sort of just, I made this one day as, as just a thing that I could like post on Twitter and people really seemed to like it. And everyone, a lot of my friends just took it as an opportunity to start uh, trading like these goofball stories with about, um, about anarchist meetings or, or like actions and riots or, or whatever, uh, with me, which is like, which is, which is just so fun to me. I, I love that goofball shit. Um, I, if it wasn't for this, I would have never learned the maybe apocryphal, but I choose to believe it's true story that anarchists stole Trotsky's uh, ashes, baked them and baked them into cookies and sent them oh to my the... God. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard, yeah. I've, okay. I've heard this story. Um, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot, I had, I've forgotten it. I had, I had, uh, I had, I had no clue. And then no bozo told me <laughs> and I can't get it out of my head. I mean, I just, I like, I love a good kind of like antic, you know? Oh God. I love, I love, I love antics. You know, we need, we need, we need the, we need the, we need the serious business insurrectos. Sure. Where you've got, you got a place or whatever, but I just, I just, I'm just out there doing improv, baby. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just a fucking three stooges routine uh, with, uh, against a line of riot police. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like I like I don't know. Like I like I love those kinds of stories and um those kinds of like uh like I, I mean I guess they're folk stories about like weird things that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're and, they're there are modern folk tales, yeah. Yeah, and like the people who the people who climb up flagpoles to steal an American flag and and fucking stage dive off the pole onto the waiting arms of their comrades over the line of the police at the base of the flag. The people who escape a kettle by, by uh, busting open a, a manhole cover and escaping through the sewers. Like, I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Some like real, some real Bugs Bunny shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looney Tunes has a lot to teach us. Yeah, it's I or <laughs> to to reference another podcast that is infinitely more listened to than this one. Um, but if you are not listening to cool people who did cool stuff with Margaret Kiljoy, um, one now, of our now, now who's that? Members, <laughs> um, a well, uh, one of our collective members who um, who just got really into history. And um, the fun thing about listening to it for me is, and something she's mentioned is like realizing throughout history just like the weird antics that we like here that we like that are like thought of as like like cartoonish things like baking a file into a cake or like or escaping jail in a laundry bin like mm-hmm. they've all happened repeatedly throughout history <laughs> they've all happened and weirder weirder and funnier things have happened and i feel like the the comedy of 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 history is one of the first things to be lost in the retellings of it that and i think that's a huge tragedy it makes everything seem like this this very grim struggle that has no has no room for passion and and 
fucking goofiness, which if we're, if we're going to keep, if we're going to keep our brains and if we're going to keep our nerve, we, we need in the modern age and we need to recognize its place in history and, and, and preserve it when we know about it or hear about it. Yeah. And it's, it's like those kinds of like weird antic stories that like, kind of like get me through like hard times, like sometimes like, mm-hmm. I don't know, because <laughs> unfortunately most of the time we're fighting a losing battle. Um, I wish, I wish that that was just my nihilism talking, but, um, but it's, Dep- it's, it's, it's depends on how you, how you come to define success, I guess. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, that's, that's very real. Um, and like, which is kind of the point is like, creatively defining success is important um Mm -hmm. for movements um like i don't know this you know this kid this kid ultimately lost but um one of my favorite weird maybe accidental antic stories was um hearing about this kid who was at some demonstration and like got tackled by a cop and um they were like rolling around on the ground and then this, this kid's wearing short shorts and um, the cop eventually gets up, realizes that he's covered in literal shit because this person shit themselves and just gets up and leaves. Get his ass. Got him. (laughs) That's like something that'll (laughs) like those stories will like a story that sticks with me is there was uh you know one of you know i won't i won't incriminate myself by talking about which because it could be at any of thousands of times the police killed somebody um and everybody was out in the streets and there was a there was some fucking some fucking oogle alone on his own a a caseless guitar and there he is fucking just sprouting from his jorts like a mighty oak tree, swinging this guitar around, drunk drunk off of fermented mare's milk, just like being our berserker out in front, just like waving it at the cops in in the in that time before they're ready to charge, just like ready for shit. And um and after after you know after everything was was said and done like he was you know number one i'm just like oh that dude's getting getting fucking arrested he is he is like spilling his ass all over the gutters just like shouting a cab fuck the police like (laughs) trying to hit cops with a guitar um and then i was (laughs) then i was walking around and i just saw him drinking a 40 later uh, and he made it. And I don't know, those like those mo- those m- moments that are, you know, if you don't want to count them as comedy, at least you can't count them as like the horror uh, or like or the triumph that we could that we get in the streets. Like there are a million shades of gray in there that the experience itself is worth going out there for. Like you go out, you go out there for the cause, but you come to solidify the cause in the experience of being in the streets. 
Mm-hmm. And in those funny, goofy ways, it it doesn't make it feel so grim. It doesn't make it feel so so nightmarish. You don't really think of it in terms of win, win or lose and the the successes in the struggle. Yeah, yeah. As much as I like this kind of tangent that we've gotten out on, um, I also wanted to, because we're running out of time, You or there's a little write-up with the comic that a friend of yours did, I believe, and I was wondering if you had any kind of like... um. Any thoughts on on the write up or like kind of it's in context it's like context? Yeah. Um, well, I can just say that um, my my friend my friend lives lives in Athens, and I I like the story, but I didn't want to sort of like like alienize like Greek anarchists and and fetishize like the fact that they like are. Like how I think I think that, you know, the the struggle here is different than the struggle in Greece. Obviously, you you catch you can catch 30 years for for hitting a cop in a way that like, you know, if you're if you're in Le Gay Paris and you punch a cop, you're gonna you're you're gonna be in for uh, far less, maybe maybe a night if you're lucky. Shit is different, which is why we uh, are get most of our riot porn from other countries especially athens because they fucking go hard they they know what it means to to fight the police um i felt a little awkward about making a comic that maybe fetishized that more than it more than maybe it put it out as like a a shared struggle between between our our are two places. Um, so I wanted somebody who's, who's there right now, uh, to, to talk a little bit about the, the history of, of, um, the modern anarchist struggle in Greece. So there's, there's a little bit of an afterword after the comic about everything that's been going on after the killing of Alexei and the, and Exarchia. Cause right now, uh, the neighborhood of Exarchia is uh has a high police presence they're trying to make exarchy a sort of tourist playground a countercultural tourist playground for for assholes who want to fucking go there and get their airbnbs and see a place that's covered in graffiti and get the real shit of athens oh my god that is so disgusting to me it it's a huge fucking bummer and people are fighting it very hard. They're trying to, uh, there is a indeterminately to be constructed metro station to be done in Exarchia Square, uh, which who knows, it could just be to establish a, a, a police presence and, and base in Exarchia, a place where police used to fear to tread because they would get pelted with Molotovs and set on fire beforehand and yeah there is a very fierce struggle in exarchia right now that it would behoove uh people interested in in this kind of struggle to uh maybe keep ears on but yeah uh my buddy wrote a wrote a really very quick very incomplete primer about how things got to be this way uh the like interplay between the communists and the anarchists uh state communists and anti-state communists um and anarchists and just general anti-authoritarians 
in in Exarchia and in Athens, uh, not even getting into like the refugee crisis and how uh, all the squats that anarchists have helped refugees bust and to keep them up in Exarchia and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's very, very, very short, but I think a great, a great place to start. Um, yeah, anyway. That's after the comic, uh, in case anybody wasn't wasn't aware. I wanted to ha- have that in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that really helps to, you know, contextualize the comic. And I know you know there was this whole wave of kind of like American anarchism that I feel like people look back on as like being like like nihilistic or. Or whatever, whatever people opinions people have about kind of like that that wave of like insurrectionary anarchism that was super super present when um when that phrase was being popularized, and to like get into the history of it with like with stuff going on in Exarchia um and like the the read up or sorry the write up it's eerie to see some of the similarities. Um, between uh, stuff that was happening, starting to happen there, like in 2010 um, or 2008 or like, you know, earlier, and like some of the kind of like neo-fascist emergence in the states that's been happening here in the last just like seven, eight years. And like, I don't know, like not to fetishize like Greek anarchism as like, kind of like really hammering down the importance of like why like why that ideology became important like why make total destroy was like yeah this is the solution to our problems which like you know shit is dire as fuck here as well for like a lot of people like whether they're like anti-fascists or like or um like people who are already or people other people who have been like heavily marginalized by the state shit's dire and shit's shit's dire all over like like independent of any any ideology everybody recognizes that we're at the we're at the end of something and something and things are about to break break bad in in a in a very in a very serious way, which is why fascism is, is ascendant. It, it thrives off of those things. And we haven't built up the infrastructure to, to counter that in a way that can avoid, um, you know, you don't have to be down with the insurrectionary idealism, but you have to recognize it's, it's necessity at, at this point in time. And, we're playing with a different with we're playing off of on a different field than a lot of other countries to be sure uh, and we can't one to one any any struggle to our own but i find i find the struggle from places that that fucking go hard that are organized that go hard that take this both seriously and know the value of 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 passion and uh and and a little bit of goofiness they they take that they take that to heart in in ways that maybe i think we're 
still unfortunately like fucking about in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably time for us to start wrapping up. Um and to end on a little bit of a lighter note about comics. Um Yeah. There <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you can talk about it, but um uh there is an anecdote that um that has happened to you that I <laughs> wanted to bring up because it's really funny to me talking about the, oh, no. the popularization of phrases um and the intersection of comics you got into some squawking with dc recently dc comics recently (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i'm not oh fuck i'm not sure how much i can actually talk about it um a little bit um yeah let's just not have to talk about it (laughs) No, okay, let's see let's see how let's see how far I can push the fence out. Um so be gay do crime is a thing that a lot of people have used to a point where I was like, should I copyright this thing so I can sue it so I can sue McDonald's when they use it or whatever? And I haven't because it feels gross. I think it would still be funny. And I'm not counting it out because I would love to sue McDonald's if I could someday. But yeah, DC did a thing one time and everybody and everybody clued me into it. And I did I don't really care. It's not good for my mental health to care about where this thing goes anymore. It belongs to the universe. I can't you can't control something once it belongs to once it's in the public consciousness and I'm and I can only just kind of be happy that that it's out there. I'm sad that it doesn't represent like like actual like queer kids uh, fighting cops and shoplifting anymore. But whatever. DC did that thing. Everyone tagged me in it on Twitter and then dc was just like oh do you want to do a thing with us and i don't think it's gonna happen but they talked about it happening and we've talked with it happening because how fucking funny would that be um like like i would donate whatever profits i got to prisoners because i can't make money off of crime's good name from dc comics in that way but God, how fucking funny would that be? Me writing Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have to say when I heard about it, I was like, I want to see what wild ass shit you get up to writing about um, writing about Batman. Yeah, stay, stay tuned. Watch this space because if they don't, if they don't take me on, uh it's uh, the script is already done and the uh storyboards are all are also already done and will joker man uh batman and the joker will fuck they will have different names but <laughs> we will change all the copyrighted material except for one because nothing is better publicity than getting sued but what's the what's the space baby <laughs> but <laughs> go on Twitter, follow Bumlung. I will announce when I am getting when I'm getting sued. <laughs> um or published. 
Or pu- or published. Fingers crossed. Balls in your court, DC. <laughs> you know you need so- you need something for Pride Month next year. Answer my emails, baby. <laughs> and um, just to give it some more background context, that like the the thing that they did use "Be Gay Do Crime" for was like a Pride anthology of of yeah. comics or something. Yeah, see, seemed fine. I didn't I didn't read it. Seemed fun. <laughs> um great um well that probably brings us to the end of our time um is there is what else what else are you working on got anything to shout out yeah i'm working on a couple new comics i just made another auto auto by auto bio comic um i've got a i've got a shop it's on etsy everything i do is under uh is under bum lung and uh twitter instagram whatever that's where that's where i live cool and you like also make t-shirts and shit like that too right yeah yeah i make t-shirts i'm about this is probably going to come out after uh after the next zine fest i'm doing but i'm just i'm i just set up like my screen printing studio i live in the woods now and i'm just like I set up a table with in this in this beautiful glen of trees and i'm like i'm fucking god (laughs) what a what a dream a dream devoutly to be wished that sounds really fun um and dreamy um and you're gonna be at new orleans zine fest yeah i'm gonna be at i'm gonna be at uh a cab zine fest uh october uh october 23rd cool cool um well Thanks again for coming on the on the podcast and telling us about your lovely, lovely comic. All right. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And I'll see you at D&D on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I might call I might call in from the road. <laughs> <laughs> OK, bye. Bye. That was Ioscarium with Make Total Destroy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us gab about stuff. If you want to find Io on the internet, they can be found on Twitter at bumlung or on Instagram at bum.lung. Um, the bum in the, on the Twitter handle, it's bum underscore lung. Um, and you can find all this in the show notes. Um, you can also buy shirts from Io on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash bumlung. They make some really cool shirts. Like, you know, who doesn't need a shirt of a skeleton impaling a knight with a lance? Who? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go tell someone about it. Whisper its name in their ear, draw a little comic about it, and send it to a friend. Wait for their write-up. Also, you can wait and rate and review and like and subscribe or, you know, whatever the algorithm calls for. Feed it like a hungry god. You could also post about it or tell people in person. It's the main way that people hear about the show and honestly, one of the better ways to support it. However, if you want to support us in other sillier ways that don't involve feeding a nameless and mysterious entity, 
consider supporting the show financially by subscribing to our Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon at $10 a month, we will mail you a zine version of the pieces that you hear here every month, anywhere in the world. But you can also read it for free on our website. You can also get access to an archive of Old Strangers content, as well as discounts on things like t-shirts and books we publish, including the one that we currently have out for pre-order. Um, find us at patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness and find more submission info at tangledwilderness.org. Just to plug some other things that strangers and our friends have going on, Margaret's new short story collection is currently out from AK Press. We won't be here tomorrow, so check it out and look for her right now on book tour on the East Coast. Our first book is The New Strangers Collective is about to come out, Try Anarchism for Life by Cindy Barack Milstein. You can find them on Instagram or Twitter at Cindy Milstein. It was supposed to be released tomorrow, but we have extended the pre-order for another week or two because we are having a delay with our printer. But books will be getting mailed out soon, so if you ordered a pre-order, you know, it's going to happen soon. Uh, You can pre-order it on our website at tangledwilderness.org. Pre-ordering really helps us do larger and cheaper print runs, so if you enjoyed hearing about the book, please consider getting a pre-ordered copy. It helps out the publisher, us, and the authors just so much. And if you do get a pre-order copy, we will include with it an assortment of Ex Libris book plates, featuring the art from some of the 26 artists that created art for the book. They will only be available with the pre-order, so get them while you can. A dear friend of the Strangers Collective also has a book out for pre-order right now, Nourishing Resistance, Stories of Food, Protest, and Mutual Aid, edited by Ren Arai, along with a foreword by Cindy Milstein. The pre-order is currently live at PM Press, so please go check it out. Ren is an incredible writer, editor, and archivist. We also have t-shirts on the Strangers website. You can get both a Strangers shirt and a Live Like the World is Dying shirt. Both have art created by our art director, Robin Savage, and were printed by the Cream Print Shop in Tucson, and are seriously soft and cozy and beautiful. Um, what else do we got going on? Um, the Penumbra City playtests are going on. We have an announcement soon about our next book, Escape from Incel Island by Margaret Kiljoy. And we're putting out a new podcast soon called the Anarcho Geek Power Hour. It's going to be a blast. Um, and just some, you know, some other thanks about the show. Um, Our theme music is by Margaret Kiljoy. Our zine layout is by Cassandra. And thanks to the lovely mountain goblins that mail out the feature every month. That's all my plugs. Except for a very special series of shoutouts to these wonderful people who have helped make this podcast as well as so many other projects possible. Thank you, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, Sean, SJ, Paige, Oxalis, Mickey, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Starro, Jennifer, Eleanor, Kirk, Micaiah, Sam, Chris, and Haas the dog. Thanks so much for your support. It means so much to us and has allowed us to get so much done as a collective. And lastly, a lot of these features on the podcast come from listeners like you, so if you feel like a stranger that would like to find their story a home in this tangled wilderness, consider submitting it. Destroy our totality. Next month, we have a really wonderful article by Kelly Rose Flugback called Why Sheep Might Save Your Life One Day. Stay well. We hope you come back.